What can you do when your child just refuses to get up and go to school? You've yelled, nagged, pleaded, and even tried bribing her, but she just digs her heels in and says, nope, not going, no matter what you do. Maybe this has never happened to you, or maybe it happens every day. Many parents may hear this scenario and immediately respond with, I'd make my kid go. But without using physical force, how would you do that? If a child outright refuses to comply other than physically forcing her to get dressed and get on the bus, which no parent wants to do or ever should do, what options does a parent have? On today's podcast, your defiant child's behavior, five things you can and can't control as a parent. You're listening to the Empowering Parents podcast. Empowering Parents is a community dedicated to child behavior help and problem-solving techniques for parents. Hi everyone, this is your host Anna from EmpoweringParents.com. A very common theme in raising a defiant child or a child with oppositional defiant disorder is control. First of all, things usually feel out of control. Your child or teenager is fighting against any attempts made to control him. Those might come from you, his teachers, or any authority figure. Yet, he appears to have little to no control over his own choices, impulses, or behavior. Society demands that you get that kid under control, so parents fight even harder to control that child. You use every parenting technique you can think of that's supposed to work. In turn, your child digs his heels in, pushes back, and becomes even more reactive, leading him to behave more impulsively. It becomes more about the power struggle than the behavior itself. Here are four reasons why we fight our kids for control. Number one, pressure from society. Let's face it, our society puts two competing messages out there. On one hand, there's a high value placed on individuality and standing out from a crowd. The Robert Frost poem, hanging in many of today's classrooms, encourages finding your own way. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Yet, on the other hand, when our young people do make choices that aren't consistent with the norm, there's often a backlash and pressure to conform. And when that child or teen refuses, the pressure is put on parents to make the child follow the path others believe is the right one. Number two, fear. As parents, we're often terrified of what will happen if we don't control our kids. What if she takes the path less traveled and it's the wrong path? What will happen to my child? Rather than thinking of our child as learning life lessons, the same ones we did, we believe that she'll surely meet with disaster. We picture our child heading 100 miles an hour down the wrong road, one that's a dead end, and we're standing in front of her, terrified, trying to save her from herself. The third reason why we fight our kids for control is to win the tug of war. Sometimes we find ourselves in a dispute with our child, and before we know it, we're in a full-blown battle of wills that we become determined to win. It's not something we recognize consciously, but underneath our own actions is the belief that to let go of control is to give in to our child, and that's not going to happen. We continue to act in effort to gain control over our child's behavior, and he becomes just as determined to keep that control. Who's going to win in the end? I mean, no one really, but our child will have the ultimate control over his behavior. Why? Because short of sewing some puppeteer strings on him, he physically has control over his own body. The last reason why we fight our kids for control is because it's human nature. Take a day and pay attention to the idea of control as it relates to yourself and those around you. Listen to conversations. How often do you advise people on courses of action that they should take? How frequently do others share their suggestions on what you or anyone else needs to do? You'll be surprised. 
most of us know an Aunt Edna who just loves to tell people how things should be, and it's human nature to try and direct things. Often, we truly believe that we know what's best for that other person, and maybe we do, but then again, maybe we don't. Parents often believe it's our role, our responsibility, to control our kids. But the fact of the matter is, unless you use physical force, it's impossible to control another human being, unless they allow you to do so. You can threaten, bribe, reward, beg, guilt, and shame that other person into doing what you believe is best. However, the only way to influence another person's behavior is if they allow you to influence it, whether they're 8, 18, or 80 years old. In reality, once we let go of trying to control our child's behavior and choices, we actually gain much more power. Fighting every day with someone whose main purpose is to avoid being controlled will leave you feeling disheartened, exhausted, angry, frustrated, embarrassed, and ashamed. Putting energy into what you can control leaves you feeling stronger, empowered, and confident. Believe it or not, there's actually more you can control than you can't. You've probably just been trying to control the wrong things. It's our job as parents to provide an environment that allows our child to learn lessons that will prepare him for the world, so that way he can survive, even thrive. Everything we do as parents comes back to this guiding premise. We control providing food, clothing, and shelter to our child. We control whether or not we show our child how to cope and deal with conflict adversity and life's challenges. And we control whether or not we allow him to experience consequences for the choices he makes. However, whether or not that child chooses to take those life lessons to heart is ultimately up to him. Here are five things you can and can't control as a parent. Number one, you can control whether or not your child knows what your expectations are. Say something like, Johnny, my expectation is that you'll handle your anger without physical violence. Number two, you can control whether or not you've given your child opportunities to meet this expectation. Johnny, if you find you're getting angry, it's okay to walk away. Go listen to music, talk to your friend on the phone to blow off steam, do whatever helps you release some of that anger. We can talk again later. Number three, you can control whether or not your child knows what the potential consequences will be if he chooses not to meet your expectation. Johnny, you're 15 years old. If you hit me when you're angry, that's domestic violence. If it happens again, I will call the police. I'd hate to see that happen, so I hope you choose to handle your anger without getting physical. Number four, you can control your own behavior. When you get angry, you can model for your child how to cope effectively without using physical violence. You can walk away or practice other effective coping skills when you get angry yourself. Number five, you can't control your child's behavior. You can't control whether or not he behaves in a physically aggressive way when he's angry. Your power doesn't lie in the arguing, defending, and power struggles that tend to go hand-in-hand with attempts to control an ODD child. Instead, your power lies in what you can control, your own behavior. Just as you can't control your child, he can't control you either. Some days, it might feel like you can, but he can't. We know that some people will hear this article and think, parents should control their children. And it's tempting to judge parents of ODD children on what they should and shouldn't do, but until you've walked a mile in their shoes, it's difficult to know the pain and shame that comes from parenting a child who simply will not be controlled. For ODD kids, being controlled feels as if they're drowning. They'll fight tooth and nail to keep control, arguing and outright refusing to comply with any authority figure. 
we can spend time as a society judging that child and talking about how they ought to behave, or we can accept that our world has always had rebels, those who will take the path less traveled, even if it's a path filled with bumps and potholes. We can support the parents of those individuals in their own journey without blame or shame. We hope this article will help those parents let go of some of the techniques that should work but don't, and find strength in focusing on what they can control. You just heard the article, Your Defiant Child's Behavior, Five Things You Can and Can't Control as a Parent, written by Kim Abraham and Marnie Studiger-Cordner. Together, Kim and Marnie created the ODD Lifeline, a program for parents learning how to cope with oppositional, defiant children. To learn more about ODD and the ODD Lifeline program, visit us at empoweringparents.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, and we'll see you again next week.